Welcome to the Revenge Body Podcast. I'm Maverick Willett, and I've helped thousands of divorcees and single moms get snatched waist, jaw-dropping booties, and confidence that captivates the attention of men in every room, all without dieting, cutting carbs, giving up wine night, or starving yourself. What's going on, y'all? So today's episode is going to be a little different. I'm going to talk about ways to help your husband ensure that your bedroom life is as good as it can possibly be from his side of the street. This will help both of you immensely. And if you're listening to this on your headphones right next to him right now, I suggest that you both listen to it. I think that would be really helpful. It's going to get a little uncomfortable at times, but we have to delve into these things um, in order to establish you know, the intimate, high quality of life that we want. And obviously, the bedroom is a big part of that. And I'm also speaking from my own experience. I'm not a doctor, not a therapist. I highly advocate seeing both of those things to enhance performance in all areas of life, let alone the bedroom. But these things are going to be really helpful and provide some perspective into that. So let's jump into it. I'm going to start with the physical part, which I believe is way easier to do and way less important than the psychological part. Um, but when we talk about you know being physically healthy for sex, it's going to hinge in large part as we age on our hormones. So testosterone is a big deal with both men and women, but especially men. I'm a huge advocate of hormone replacement therapy when it is warranted. So what I mean by that is I think that every male beyond the age of 30 should have their blood work done and get a full hormone panel and see where their testosterone is at. The mean testosterone level, the average testosterone level for males goes down year by year, decade by decade. And that's due to a lot of things, uh, food quality, contaminants in the environment, generational things. But it's no secret that the average testosterone in males is decreasing. And testosterone is so impactful on so many levels, both in, from a cognitive standpoint, from a physical standpoint, from a quality of life standpoint, from a feeling of well-being, confidence, assertiveness, ambition, motivation standpoint. Testosterone plays so many roles in the body. It is more unhealthy to have testosterone on the low end of the normal range than it, than it is to have um, testosterone on the high end of the normal range. So when I say normal range, I mean the FDA range for what constitutes healthy testosterone levels. You are at higher risk for prostate cancer if your testosterone is in the low end of the normal range. So, you know, I'm a huge advocate of if you don't make it, take it. I've been on hormone replacement therapy for about six years now. Um, I had I got diagnosed with low testosterone in my early 20s. And I think that was due in part to some quote unquote supplement use in my teenage years, some accidental supplement use. I didn't realize what I was taking and because um, it wasn't explained to me and it affected my hormones. And when you take things at that young of an age, it can permanently alter your HPTA, which is your hormone, your endocrine system, basically. And uh, I had some permanent damage done. So I have been on hormone replacement therapy myself, monitored by a doctor uh, for years now. And my testosterone is uh, on the high end of the normal range, which is where you want to be. So that's the optimal place to be as a male. You also obviously want testosterone as a female, just like males want estrogen. But that being said, um, I don't think that any man should let his quality of life deteriorate by mother nature if we have science that can prevent that from happening and keep your quality of life high, keep your sex life high, right? So testosterone, get it checked out. Ways to naturally increase testosterone. If it's not a route that they want to go, you know, vitamin D3 is, is huge. 
sun exposure, regular exercise, um, especially weightlifting to increase lean body mass, zinc, you know, and, and just making sure that you're, you're doing everything nutritionally and, and from the exercise size side to uh, ensure healthy testosterone levels. So that's, that's the next part. You know, exercising and being physically strong is a big part, I think, of being confident, right? A lot of intimacy hinges on comfort and willingness to be vulnerable. And if you don't like your body, if you're not confident with your shirt off, that can play a huge role in confidence in the bedroom. For, and I'm speaking on the side of men now. Just realize that I'm, I'm speaking from a male perspective. It, it definitely does wonders for your confidence to feel comfortable taking your shirt off, feel comfortable naked, being seen naked. Um, it just leads to, to more freedom and, and more willingness to be confident you know, in those, in those areas, right? So huge advocate of weightlifting for both men and women, obviously. But men, it's like you have no excuse not to. I mean, we don't have hormonal uh, fluctuations each month. We don't deal with menopause. We don't deal with childbirth. I mean, what are the obstacles here? Just get fucking strong, man. There's no excuse for men not to be strong. It's, it's just the masculine. It's a natural masculine thing to do. I think it's in our genetic code as a protector, as a provider, as a nurturer to be strong. So just fucking get strong, dude. Like, it, just go work out. It's not, it's not hard. Just go work out, right? Blood viscosity. That's a big one because a lot of erectile function hinges on your circulation and the thickness or thinness of your blood. So another reason to get blood work, see what your red blood cell count is. I'm an advocate of donating blood quarterly to keep red blood cell count in a healthy range. Again, consult with your physician on this stuff. I'm just giving advice from my own experience as a health professional in the field for many years, working with a lot of, working with thousands of people and also growing up in a culture of fitness and health. But make sure, making sure your, your blood pressure and your circulation are on point, very, very important for erectile function and, and for overall well-being, overall, you know, general health outcomes, very important. So let's talk about erectile dysfunction drugs. Now, whether or not your man is using those, a lot of times we use them and don't tell our partners because we're ashamed, right? I think that's something that you need to be real open about. I mean, you need to be open about everything. Let's just put it all out there. Like you need to be open about everything in order to establish true intimacy in a partnership and intimacy in the bedroom, in my opinion. But erectile dysfunction drugs, PDE5 inhibitors, sildenafil, which is the active ingredient in Viagra, tadalafil, which is the active ingredient in Cialis. And you also have like Levitra and a couple others, but those are the main ones used. And Obviously, they, they work, but they can be a crutch because there's a lot of factors that go into erectile dysfunction. Again, consult with your doctor, right? But before taking them, and I'm speaking from experience here, before you take them, let's make sure that the problem is indeed physical. Because if it is psychological, then those drugs are a crutch. Those drugs will work to get you through, you know, but being willing and open to delve into the root of the psychological issue, whether it's performance anxiety, whether it's an intimacy issue, whether it's shame around sex and masturbation or whatever it is, those are going to be your big levers you pull in terms of working through and healing that psychological dependency on erectile dysfunction drugs. You will be way better off to do the dirty work to address those things as a man 
than to try and mask the issue with erectile dysfunction drugs. Now, I'm not saying don't take them. I'm saying take them if there's a physical need, if you have been diagnosed with some kind of circulatory issue, cardiovascular issue, and your doctor believes this is a good out, uh, good option for you, then sure. However, if there's not a physical issue, I really firmly believe that you need to delve into your psyche and figure out what's going on so that you can not only heal yourself, but, but have access to intimate, enjoyable, awesome sex. I just a firm believer of that. Okay. I do think that those things can be used in moderation, perhaps on a vacation or a honeymoon, or, you know, you're going to have a, a weekend in Florida, you know, on vacation and you want to have three days of lots of sex, then great. Use those things and use them on a special occasion. Maybe, you know, I just wouldn't become attached or dependent on them unless you need them physically. There's a lot of other things that go into it, but that's my general outlook on erectile dysfunction drugs. So let's talk about intimacy. There's a book called Mating in Captivity. Esther Perel. Esther Perel wrote the book Mating in Captivity. And there's a, there's a beautiful line in there where she says, honesty begets intimacy. And that's something that I have learned to be so, so true. You know, intimacy, and there's such a separation between, um, or, or I'm sorry, intimacy and sex are two completely different things. They can be, they can coexist. Obviously, the goal is for them to coexist, but they are completely different things. And I think that's the confusion that a lot of men have, myself included for many years. I didn't realize the, the distinction between intimacy and sexuality. I thought that sexuality was intimacy. I thought that being intimate meant being sexual, and it's not. Intimacy is honesty. It's it's vulnerability. It's being willing to reveal the all of ourselves, warts and all, to another human being and feeling seen and accepted and then doing the same for them. And that's fucking beautiful when you can have that. And when you have that consistently with somebody, man, that opens the door for some amazing open intimate sex. And that is something that I think all men could do a better job of is, you know, for women to, and please, I'm speaking generally here, ladies, please don't, uh, you know, I know there's outliers to this, but in general, in my experience, for women to relax into their feminine energy, they need to feel safe. They need to feel seen. They need to feel understood. They need to feel, you know, emotionally connected. They need to feel, you need to have your emotional needs met. And that's where a lot of dudes miss the mark. Like foreplay begins way before the sex actual happen actually happens. You know, it it really does. It starts it starts in connection. It starts in conversations, intimate conversations, intimate conversations where you're vulnerable and you talk about your your wants and needs and and experiences. Maybe your trauma, maybe your past, maybe your your future, what you want in the future, and flaws about yourself. And you reveal those flaws and and you willingly talk about things that you want to work on about yourself. And there's just so much to it, but. That begets that begets all intimate sex is, is those kinds of conversations and the willingness to dive into that. So I, th- I think that um, you know a lot of a lot of sex could be better in relationships if we were if, if men in particular were more willing to be open about those things and understand that there is an emotional connection to be having cultivated in those moments where we reveal all of ourselves to someone and we feel safe doing that. That leads to a lot of comfort in the bedroom. And when you feel seen, man, when you feel seen, understood, and you feel accepted, oh gosh, there's no better feeling than that. And that's something I'm still striving to find. 
you know? But let's talk about shame. This is the probably the most important part of this episode. So I want everyone to listen in because this is something that a lot of men struggle with, myself included in the past, something I'm still healing. If a man has any type of shame regarding sex, it is going to manifest in sex with your with with his partner. Any kind of internalized toxic shame around, you know, sexuality, himself, masturbation, any part of him that feels any kind of shame about about sex is going to manifest in the bedroom. It's going to manifest. So there's a great book that I think every man should read. Ladies, like if there's one book I would recommend to every man, it's called No More Mr. Nice Guy by Dr. Robert Glover. It's a book that I'm reading over and over again. And it's been life-changing, um, but it, it, it is such a dynamic book for men to read. But it goes into a lot of this toxic shame that we hold around uh, and beliefs that we hold around you know, sexuality with ourselves. And one of the things that he says in there is, if a man can't be sexual with himself, he can't truly be sexual with his partner. If a man can't pleasure himself without shame, he can't pleasure or receive pleasure from his partner in, in, in sex, right? And that's powerful because how much shame is associated with self-pleasuring and, and, and how much shame has, is associated with a man being sexual with himself. And, and we're, we are shamed for it. It's like a behavior that we're told is wrong or that we should cover up. And so if that's happening, if he feels like he has to hide that from you, that's, that's affecting your sex life on a subconscious level, on a psychological level, very likely. So being open about those things is important. And these conversations are going to be super uncomfortable for a lot of you, right? It's like, Hey, let's talk about masturbation. You're both just going to like clench up, you know, because it's just such a taboo thing to talk about. But it is what it is. It's a normal part of self healthy sexual behavior. But that also leads us into, you know, hidden sexual behaviors, right? So a lot of men hide compulsive sexual behaviors, I, myself included in my past. And a lot of this comes from experience. It's stuff that I had to work through so that I could have healthy relationships with, with, with people and healthy sexual relationships with myself and other people. But like pornography and, you know, masturbation and worse things, if there's any infidelity involved, if there's like, you know, calling back in like the 90s, early 2000s, I think it was like phone sex lines. Now it's more like pornography and escorts and stuff like that. If there's any of that going on, that kind of stuff or, or you know, unfaithfulness with, with other women, you know, if any of that's going on, obviously it's going to affect the intimacy and the honesty in the relationship. I'm I'm a huge advocate of having nothing but 100% unrelenting honesty in a relationship. So, just you know, being very um, if he if he's if he has shame, if he's hiding sexual behaviors from you, whether it's porn, masturbation, or otherwise, he has shame about those behaviors, and it's something that sooner or later is going to manifest in some way, and it's something that I think needs to be talked about. Um, I am I am not saying that. Pornography is something that needs to be eradicated necessarily, but I do think it negatively impacts men's ability to establish intimacy in relationships. I believe that pornography is something that can deteriorate a man's view of what realistic and healthy sex is. And because of the dopamine receptors in the brain, it can be something that he relies on for a dopamine hit, an orgasm, and then that in turn detaches him from healthy, intimate, real connection with women. And I, I believe that's an epidemic that's affecting our youth up into adulthood. Um, I think that men are having access to pornography earlier and earlier in life, and it's distorting our view. 
of what healthy sex is supposed to look like. Um, and it makes it really hard to establish real intimacy. And then the work has to be done later on. So if there is hidden sexual behaviors like that, you know, going on, it, he has shame around those. And that toxic shame comes out, you know, in during sex. And that leads to sex. All, all of these things lead to sex that is not fulfilling and sex that is just good enough to get by. And there's so much more to be had. And, and again, these conversations will be difficult if you choose to, to approach this subject at some point with your partner. But it's just things that I want you all to be aware of because so many men struggle with this stuff and struggle in silence because they're ashamed. They have, they have so much shame and shame affects their whole life. And when that shame is released and when you, when you take the power away, it can lead to these monumental light bulb moments where you see a side of someone you've never seen before because it's the real them, you know, it's the real person. So I, I highly encourage, you know, having these conversations, just being open. I, don't go to your partner after this podcast and be like, hey, we need to talk. Do it in a very respectful way. Hey, it's a good time to talk. Just want to like see what you think about some stuff and just open up a dialogue. You know, there's, there's room for growth here. There's a lot of room for growth. And maybe you don't have any of these issues. Maybe it's something super simple, but talking about what you like, what you don't like, talking about it just openly about it and, and you know, that's that's going to lead to a lot of growth, just having the conversation and knowing that he's he's okay. A lot of men, let's go into fun versus performance and pressure, okay? So this was what I dealt with for such a long time, and sometimes it still rears its ugly head. Viewing sex as a performance. Men, a lot of men, feel a need to perform when it comes to sex. We feel like we've been we've been shown pornography. We've we've heard what how a lot of women talk about men. And we feel this need to measure up and posture ourselves to be this alpha male that dominates in the bedroom. Now, whether or not you like to be dominated is totally your thing. And that's totally like everybody's, that's, that's totally fine. But men tend to take it to the extreme and think that, oh, I have to be like this guy I saw on this porno or I'm not good enough. The way I am sexually is not good enough. I'm, I'm not good enough the way I am. Therefore, I have to posture myself or take an erectile dysfunction drug or do something so that I can keep her uh, satisfied and impressed. And it becomes all about the partner. It becomes all about making sure the partner is satisfied. And if the partner doesn't orgasm or is satisfied, then we are not good enough, right? We didn't perform well enough. That's a great way to perpetually stay dissatisfied because you're only as good as your last performance. And I'm telling you all this just to let you in on the mind of a male, how it works, right? It's like, oh, I'm only as good as my last performance. So if you, if you don't perform one time, you're thinking about that until the next time. What that leads to is like a pressure to have sex. It's like, oh God, I got I to gotta prove to myself. Because it becomes not about proving to your partner you can perform. You're just trying to prove to yourself. You're like, oh, I, was, I didn't perform well last time. And you're still thinking about it two days later. And then, and then the, the next sex is, is like pressured and planned. It's like the next time you have sex, it's like you're just trying to perform and prove to yourself you can. So it's not intimate at all because that's what you're thinking about. You're not thinking about being in the moment and being present. So performance versus just fun, right? Like when you stop thinking about performance and start looking at it as fun and an opportunity to explore each other and know that you are just fine the way you are, right? Like that's, and, and I'm telling you all this so that you can maybe tell him that because like, I'm putting my, you know, if that would be really great for me to hear, <laughs> you know, it's reassuring like, Hey, listen, you're good enough. Just the way you are. I mean, like so many men posture themselves to be some kind something they're not. 
right? To, to fit themselves into some kind of mold that they think that their partner's attracted to. And, and that's what I have done before. I'm guilty of that. It's like, oh, I gotta, I gotta be this Jason Momoa alpha flannel wearing lumberjack bearded macho muscle bound alpha male, because that's what women want. Like that's how my mind worked. And that's what I postured myself to be completely disregarding that who I am is number one, good enough. And anything else, if I'm trying to be anything other than what I am, then the relationship is built on a lie because the person is attracted to this facade that I've created, right? So I think it's important to let your partner know that he is good enough just the way he is. You know, like you love him just the way he is. And I think that when men can't perform in the bedroom, there's so much shame around that. Like we shame ourselves so much if we lose an erection or it goes soft while we're inside or something. Man, there's so much shame. Y'all don't know it, but th- man, there's so much fucking shame around that. We'll just walk around like a, like our heads are down, like we're less of a man. And to you all, I know that like you just want to help, right? You just want to be there. Because I know that if that happened, to, if I had a partner and that happened, I would just want to be reassuring. I would just want to be like, hey, you are fine. Like you are okay. I love you just the way you are. And I think hearing that sometimes is very helpful in those situations. Like if you've ever dealt with that with your partner, just tell them like, listen, man, hey, like I love you just the way you are. Like you're okay. This stuff happens. You're not Superman. Nobody is. I don't have this crazy expectation. I just want to enjoy this with you. I just want to enjoy this experience with you. I just want you to to feel good about yourself and you're okay. Like you are totally fine. I love you for who you are. Just like dialogue like that can be so reassuring in those moments. Because again, it's like this belief that we are not good enough exactly the way we are, right? So changing that, like, so addressing the shame, if there's any shame, addressing the shame around self-pleasure, the shame around sex in general. And, and there's so many layers of this. I am a huge advocate of therapy because then you can kind of peel back the onion and see maybe there's some sexual trauma as a child he hasn't addressed, or maybe there is some sexual trauma from a relationship he hasn't addressed. Maybe that, maybe there's something he was bullied and he doesn't believe it's good enough. And there's somewhere that performance anxiety or that, that, belief that he has to take drugs to perform, whatever it is, there, there's somewhere that originated, right? So, you know, huge advocate of therapy for men. It's performance enhancement. It's amazing how men will eat dog shit if it gives us like an ounce of muscle, but we're so resistant to doing things like therapy for perform- performance enhancement, right? It's, it's kind of hilarious, but huge advocate of therapy for this very reason. And, and that will lead to such better intimacy. Prioritizing his own pleasure and being in tune with what he likes. So that's very, very important. And I'll end with this. He's got to, your partner must know what he likes. A lot of times men, we get so caught up in in making sure that you all are satisfied, making sure women are satisfied and making sure that you orgasm and all that stuff that we hyper-focus on it. And we completely neglect what we like and, and being willing to receive. Sometimes we get so caught up in giving that we're, we're un, we, we close the space for receiving and having some kind of healthy view around self-pleasure and, and releasing the shame from that. And I'm talking outside of compulsivity with all this stuff, with all this talk about self-pleasure and all that stuff, I'm talking outside of any compulsive behaviors, like normal self-pleasuring is, is okay, right? And that helps men be in tune with what we like so that we can then, you know, tell our partners, right? 
like we encourage women to do that all the time. I feel like it's like we encourage women to to, to do like experiment and, and understand them, their body so they can then communicate that like this is what I like and this is how I like it to, to be done. So we can give instructions to our partners so that we don't waste time, right? Well, men need to do the same thing. Men need to be men need to have less shame around their body, less shame around pleasuring, and less tabooness associated with you know being comfortable with our body, being comfortable with our sexuality. And don't kink shame. We all got them. Don't kink shame. Find out what his kinks are. Figure out what they are and have the conversation. Maybe it's a go. Maybe it's a no-go. But at least you had the conversation. And then you can tell him. If it's a no-go, tell him, hey, look, that's awesome that you're into that. I, I don't think that I can do that. But I also don't think that you're super weird for wanting it. I really don't. Let's figure out some way that we can help. Like we can, we can compromise here. You know, that kind of conversation. Not you're super weird because you want you know, three knuckles inside you. Like that's, that's don't say it's weird because it's not weird. A lot of people like that, but you know, having the conversation and, and, and meeting in the middle somewhere is very important. So yeah, that's my views on that. I hope this was helpful. I hope it spurns some, some uncomfortable, but growth field conversations. And I hope that it's very helpful for your partner either to hear or listen to, or, or, you know, to take some action towards discovering himself cultivating self-love for himself and cultivating self-worth and, and setting boundaries and being a, a man who is willing and able to communicate with you on these things so you two can have the best freaking sex life ever and have the highest quality of life ever, right? I'm no expert. I'm just speaking from experience. Hope you enjoyed this, ladies. Have an amazing rest of your day. I'll talk to you all soon. If you liked what you heard on this episode, ladies, share it with your friends. And if you want to finally escape dieting culture and get body results that make your ex wish he never mistreated you, check out the link for the Revenge Body Metabolic Revamp. You can find that in the show notes. And remember, ladies, you are powerful.